Welcome to Podcasts of Waterdeep. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. To celebrate the launch of Waterdeep Dragon Heist, D&D asked Victoria Rogers from the Broadswords and Josh Peralt from Taking Initiative to create a special 10-episode story with a cross-section of the D&D live play community. Hopefully by listening to some of these episodes, you get jazzed about the possibility of storytelling within Waterdeep Dragon Heist and maybe find one or two new D&D podcasts to follow. To find out more about these groups and the Waterdeep Dragon Heist adventure book available in game stores now and everywhere, September 18th, head to dnd.wizards.com slash p-o-w-d or check out our live video programming on twitch.tv slash dnd. Here's a brief recap of what happened in the last episode. Waterdeep is a city in turmoil, with factions such as the Zentarum, the Xanathar Crime Organization, and the Harpers all searching for a huge hoard of gold dragon coins hidden in a vault somewhere in the city. Thanks to a deal made with Eclipse, and by proxy with the shady but powerful figure known as the Dealer in the Kraken's Folly, the different factions of Waterdeep all know about the three keys needed to open the vault. Two of them, a set of bagpipes and the celebrity Madame Benedicta, also known as the Star of Waterdeep, are currently in the possession of Laryl Silverhand, open lord of Waterdeep. One other key remains at large, the Widowmaker. Usador the Blues, Box of Rocks, were recently found in the hands of Eclipse in the Kraken's Folly, but that's neither here nor there. Have fun listening to this seventh episode of Podcast of Waterdeep, brought to you by You Meet in a Tavern. And special guests, Volanda from The Lucky Die, playing Crescent, and Jingle Jangle, played by Ivan Van Norman. Welcome to the seventh episode in this podcast of Waterdeep 10 episode series. We are You Meet in a Tavern. Uh, we're going to get here started pretty soon. I just want to do some quick uh, player introductions and then we'll get into your characters later on. Um, but quick player introduction. Who are you? We'll start with Kirk. Uh, Kirk Dubay. I play Tug Mugbar, halfling monk on You Meet in a Tavern. All right, Jamal. Chris Tinsley, a.k.a. Jamal. I play Durf Turftoe, who's a half-elf druid, also on You Meet a Tavern. You Meet in a Tavern. And Brian. I am Brian. I play Carl with a K on You Meet in a Tavern, a human paladin. And our first special guest, Volanda. Hi, I'm Volanda. I am playing Crescent, who is a human rogue. I come from the Lucky Die podcast. And last but not least, Ivan. Hi, my name is Ivan Van Norman. I'll be playing Jingle Jangle, a Kenku Bard. Uh, I worked on the stream of Many Eyes and have a bunch of internet RPG stuff on the internet. <laughs> well, amazing. All right. All right. Well, uh, um, yeah, that's all the introductions. Why don't we get right on into this thing? We scan the room of the yawning portal in and tavern hours after the sun has set over the eastern walls of Waterdeep. 
The tavern is full of weary travelers and scarred adventurers, a lone bard strumming a tale of a ship that was sunk off the southern docks just the night before. Beyond the raucous action of the main floor, we catch a glimpse of a more subtle activity in the background, where a single brightly lit candle illuminates the faces of four figures around an old scratched and splintered oak table. A slender woman leans forward with palms on the wood, long black braids trailing from a worn bandana around her head. She takes a long drag from a goblet before wiping her sleeve across her mouth, staring across at three men who await instructions for the job at hand. And why don't we introduce our characters, a little bit more detail, what they're wearing, what they might be doing um, at the end of this table. First up is Tug, Durf, and Carl. Uh, okay, I'll start off again. Tug, uh, halfling monk, uh, short in stature, about three foot one, uh, brown hair, brown beard, um, usually fists wrapped up and whatnot, and kind of a lush, so he would definitely have the steins piled up in front of him, uh, drinking them down and, uh, causing a ruckus with hearty jabs at his fellows and elbows as his, uh, not so funny jokes that he thinks are hilarious don't land. Amongst the group. <laughs> uh, Durf, Turftoe is a half-elf druid, Circle of the Shepherds. Uh, he is approximately half-elf sized with uh, like sandy blonde hair. And uh, he's got an elkhorn helm, a green tunic. Uh, no, actually, he's wearing turtle armor now. A tunic made of turtles. Um, and he is coming back over to the table with a beer for himself and a cranberry juice for Brian. <laughs> I mean, Carl. <laughs> uh, Carl, Carl with a K, uh, you know, six foot tall, kind of scrawny, uh, still kind of growing into his body, uh, kind of just average looking in every way possible. And I am the, um, I'm the leader of the group. <laughs> <laughs> Disrespectfully disagree. <laughs> I, 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 I keep them, keep Tug and Durf in line. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of hanging out, making sure that we don't get into too much trouble and, uh, sipping on my cranberry juice. Perfect. And the woman looks at you and she says, so here's the job. Your archmage owes the Harpers a bit of a favor, so we sent you down here to help us out, you see. Now you'll be privy to all the cash that comes out of this if the job's done right. I assume you've had some heist experience in your time, right? Have we ever. Tons of it. We're expert heisters. Good, good. Even so, we've got a couple of our best agents that are going to be helping you out with this. And she glances over her shoulder, and with a head nod, two more figures approach, striding into the candlelight. And Ivan and Volanda, why don't you guys introduce your characters? You go first. So um, the second one that comes out seems to be a tiny, tiny uh, bird-like person who walks in through the door, who is an about as extravagant and loud as a garb as you possibly can imagine. Bright blues, 
stunning oranges and like glistening yellows kind of make up a patchwork padded suit as it walks out. It also has sleigh bells attached to each one of its little legs as it jingle jangles its way into the main room. For a heist, it's probably the most loud and <laughs> unassuming thing you could possibly imagine. Its long beak kind of um, sticks out from underneath its jester hood, which also has bells attached to it as well. And it seems to be holding on to a small dagger as it's twirling it about with a little bit of a flourish and a and a small um, staff as it kind of jingle jangles its way up to the table. <laughs> I know my plans for you already. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who am I with? Uh, you see before you a fairly short um, woman, human woman. She has long blonde hair, which is braided down to her waist. Uh, she has very bright green eyes. You notice that she's not wearing any shoes. And strapped to her back are two rather well-used, well-worn rapiers. And on each hip, uh, in mirror to that, are two daggers, which again seem well-worn and well-used. Um, she's constantly looking around, like darting around, looking for exits, entrances. You don't know whether she's casing the joint to try and rub it, or whether she's trying to discern how best to defend herself. You're not really sure, but she has that kind of shifty look about her. And uh, yes, looking mostly down at her small companion, I guess, going, hmm... <laughs> hmm. uh, she already smells pretty pretty wasted by this point in the evening uh, all day I'm not really sure what time of day or night is it doesn't really matter she's going to be wasted um, so yeah that's that's who you see walk in and her name is Crescent alright perfect yeah so it is it is late evening the sun has set quite a while ago um, and you guys are in in basically the darkness with just this candle flickering lighting the table around you and um, and this woman, she she continues to lean over and she kind of calls you guys over the table and she says, Now here's the deal. There's a vault somewhere in the city that contains treasure beyond your wildest dreams. But it's protected by ancient magic. The only way to access it is to collect three items that fit the description of the keys. And we've gotten some insider information about where one of them is being held. The only thing that's known about the key is its name, though. The Widowmaker. Down in the dock ward in the neighborhood of Mishore lies an old beached pirate galleon, now turned into a sort of illegal casino by a group of bandits. Its name is Kraken's Folly. They're holding the key in the vault there to be sold to Crime Lord Xanathar later this evening. We need to get in there and lift it before the deal goes down. And I'm, I'll just like pause every once in a while, see if you want to interject, but I'll just continue on if you like. My interjection will be, can you tell me what the name of the casino was again? <laughs> Kraken's. My notes, my notes didn't work. Sure, uh, yeah. And I realized, crap, I actually have to open up my notepad. So <laughs> uh, The name is Kraken's Folly. So I was, so did you say there's three things? Is the key at the Kraken's Folly just one of three yes, things? Yes, that's correct. We've, we've gotten our, okay. our hands on two of them, but the third one is still to be found. But we've nailed down the location. So there's only, there's three things, but we only got to find one of them. Correct. We don't have enough okay. time to find all three. <laughs> all right. The job, the job itself, though, is twofold. Xanathar and the Zentarum, another faction here in Waterdeep, have been at each other's throats for years. It's within the Harper's interest to see this feud 
escalate a bit further if you catch my drift. Xanathar is going to be straight pissed when he learns he's lost the Widowmaker. So we need to make it look like it was the Zentarum who did it. And she lifts uh, the side of her jacket and she removes three squares of paper with this symbol of a flying serpent on one side. And then on the other side is a set of these tiny printed instructions. And she, she sets them on the table. Uh, what is, does the Zentarum have any kind of sigil or something that would obviously, is that the serpent that you're yeah. kind of alluding to? Okay. Right, yeah, this flying serpent. So these these little squares are basically uh, white squares of paper with a flying serpent tattoo on one side, and then on the other side is a set of very tiny instructions. And what do the instructions say? I'm going to memorize it if I can. Sure. They say, apply water to arm... <laughs> And press firmly for 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. She says, These tattoos have a symbol of the Zentarum on them. Apply them to yourselves and reveal them to the right people when the time is right. But you have to make it look like an accident. That should be enough to put the blame on the Zents and take the pressure off of us. Are we allowed to kill anyone? Ah... Uh, <laughs> Um, she says, do what you must, but keep it quiet. You don't want the entirety of the bandit army on your hands. We want them on the, the Zen guys, right? Right, right. I'm going to use, say, Zintarum and correct her, but say it in your voice instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's shorten everything down. Let's get this, uh, get this job done. All right. Because, you know, some people got to go home and, you know, pretend that they've been there all night. So. Perfect. I like your attitude. Thank you. So we go in there. We drop these accidental hints that we belong to these Zen guys, and then we steal. What's his key look like? No one knows what it looks like. The only thing that's known about it is its name, the Widowmaker. We haven't gotten our eyes on it yet. So it may not even be a key. Not a key in a sense that you think like a skeleton key that unlocks a door physically. No. So how are we going to know what it is? Oh, trust me, you'll know what it is. It's hidden in the vault. I'm going to make the make the sound of like, um, I don't know, a kind of a, a deluxe fanfare, like a da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Even when we have guests, uh, there's Zelda references in our show. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> All right. So... All right, so what do we need to know to get into this vault? Uh, That's a good question. Now, there's five of you, so we've got to play this right. You each have a part to play in this. And she pulls a roll of paper out from her jacket, and she unfurls it onto the table, uh, pointing down at it with the tip of her dagger. Our people have been doing some recon of the ship and surrounding area. From what we've gathered, the casino vault is up on the third floor, just beyond the captain's quarters. And she points the tip of her dagger straight down into the hull of the ship, um, and that is a place just above the deck, like where the after the ship is, the rear of the ship. There's those staircases and there's a uh, uh, big area right there underneath the mast. And she says, the vault seal can only be broken by speaking the power words known as known only by the vault's keeper. Not even the captain knows it. No one knows his real name, but they call him the shark. The shark is rumored to be a bit of a gambler himself, so he will be sure to be on the main casino floor here. And she slides the dagger over to the spot at the northern edge of the ship in red and pulls out three green feathers and puts those on the table as well. 
And she says, These feathers are a symbol that you've been invited and will get you through the main entrance. The bandits change what symbol is used every few days, so don't lose them. Do we need to wear them while we're inside? It might be a good idea. If they get you in, chances are there's going to be a lot of people inside with them. Oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go again. Three. There's, there's five of us. Ah, yes, but now... I'm going to repeat her and say, there's five of us. <laughs> ah, that's, that's, that's a you. very astute observation, you two. Or one, I think. Now, with the number of bandits that are sure to be patrolling the main floor, it's going to be very difficult for more than one of you to reach the captain's quarters from inside. So we'll need a few people to sneak their way in from the outside and remove the threats from around the vault quietly. And her dagger slides along the ship once again, stopping at the tip of the bow. There's a large damaged section of the ship here at the tip that leads to a locked door that will get you inside. I suggest two of you make your way up there, while someone from inside will have to let them in. There will be bandits everywhere, so you'll need to be silent and stealthy. If things go wrong, you could have the entire bandit force on your hands, which would be very, very bad for you. Bow means front, by the Correct. way. Correct. Anybody was wondering, <laughs> and that's the yeah the last X that's on that map. I've I've got a, I've got a, actually I'll, I'll ask it in my normal voice. I have a question. Where did you say the captain's quarters were again? Captain's quarters are up on deck, above deck, on the back of the ship. All right. So in theory, it's it's in the ship, right? It's not like a so there would be like a window. Yes. Yes. Correct. Why can't we just go in through the window? Well, the the. The upper deck of the ship is swarming with bandits who guard the place. Right, right. So, if for Did example... Did you say this is a seedy part of town? Yes. So there will be a lot of rats around? Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. But they don't patrol the water so much, right? So if one, for example, to dive down the water and climb up the side of the ship from the water, we might have a bit of a chance of getting in that way. Well, the ship itself is beached. It's old, old, broken-down ship that's beached years ago. So ah, it fudge. is land-ridden. Oh, well, well, there goes that idea. No. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I can turn into stuff. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. She, she rolls up the parchment and stashes it in her jacket and then shoves her dagger back into her belt. And she says, all right, well, that about covers it and the parts you want to play in this. Now, now, who do you think is going to do what? So wait, so we've got two people going to the blue X and like stealthily killing people, taking them out of the picture. So basically, they, uh, she, she told you this. She said, and I'm just going to reiterate this just so you understand, because that was a lot. Um, Green X, Captain's Quarters, that's where the vault is, that you're going to find the key. Um, the only way to open the vault is by finding a man named the Shark, who's on the main game floor through the main entrance, which is where the Red X is. And then the Blue X is away inside the ship through a locked door, probably heavily guarded, um, because that's closer to the upper deck. But we can only send two people through that. You can only send... Correct? Well, you can send as many as you want. She was just giving you some ideas. Okay. But um, with that door being locked, uh, you're going to need someone to come up from the inside to open it up. Now, are we sure that that's the way we have to open that door? Because I am some sort of what like... If, for instance, this was a game where you could pick locks. Yes, you could do yeah. that. I, <laughs> like, I'm going I'm to uh, kind of narrate the sound of like a uh, a fist knocking on the door. So just like a... 
simple. Um, yeah. Oh. And, then, like, and, then a, and then a door opening. So just like, <laughs> like right oh my there. God, that's perfect. I, I think as you make that sound, she's making it also because like, <laughs> like some of us are like proficient. I'm not saying burglary. Uh, I'm saying liberating goods from inside locked places is a certain speciality of some people around this table. And I'll shrug. Ah, uh, you can sure give it a try. Hmm. I like those phrases. Me as a player doesn't <laughs> like those phrases. You're going to kill us right. somewhere or another. But she's in for it. <laughs> and then the um, the other sound I'll make, uh, which is the flip side of it. So I'll actually move to a new position that's a little on the other side just to indicate that I'm talking about a different avenue of, <laughs> of entry at this point. I'll run over somewhere else and then start making the sounds of like dice being thrown against a wall with the uh, you know occasional throwing down of chips, poker chips. And um Perfect. And and pull up a bag of gold as well too, which I'm assuming <laughs> I totally have. So right? wait, wait, are you saying that we can maybe buy more of these feathers with the money we make from playing these games? And then we can just get in. So go ahead, I'll make a shrug. <laughs> uh, well, it's it strikes me that our kinku friend here with his extravagant dress might be a good person to kind of make a splash on the casino floor and draw everyone's attention to him while we um get into some hijinks i'll confirm that by making the sound of a boulder splashing in the water <laughs> <laughs> also he can replicate sounds right so you'll be the best person to make sure we don't fuck up getting those power words. And I'll shrug again. Perfect. All right. So it sounds like um, Jingle's going to be down on the casino floor. So there's there's one down. So so the people going to the door probably good at wiping out any resistance, right? That's what we need. Because if there's killing to be done, I'm not saying I'm proficient at killing as well as opening doors, but I'm saying there is someone around this table who's particularly good with a couple of daggers. So Tug like slides his chair back, sighs, grabs a feather, grabs a tattoo, and looks around and goes, "Are we gonna? Are we going? Like, what's happening here? Are we going? I'm, <laughs> I'm going the front. I've got a feather. Who's coming with me? All right, I, 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 I'm with I'm with Duck Boy, Cirque du Soleil. Who else is coming <laughs> through the front door? All right then, just him and I. Let's roll. Well, I would have like creep around as an animal. I don't know." I was like, like how, I how small of an animal can you get? Um, I could turn into an insect. Holy crap! Or that's pretty good. Um, uh, <laughs> like a and giant elk. The, All right, I'm gonna the I'm gonna go with broad. Let's not literally be the elk in the room. That'll be really dumb. So what you should do <laughs> is be something real small and sneaky. Because I'm pretty sneaky, and if you can keep nice and quiet and sneaky, we can do some damage on the way to getting through that door. All right, so Crescent and Durf, you guys sound like you're going to head through the front uh, or through the uh, tip of the bow to try to sneak in. Tug and Jingle, you're going to head to the casino for Carl? Uh, I'm going to go, I think it's best if I go with Tug and Jingle. That way, maybe Tug and I can uh, act the part of like bodyguards. Perfect. All right, so she she um she looks at you as you guys are kind of talking this over and finally put yourself in in the positions that you want to do, and she she reaches into her jacket one last time and she removes these two small smooth black stones, and she presses into them real quick, and a sort of small metallic antenna springs out from the sides, and she holds it over to Jingle, and then. <laughs> And I know exactly what this is. I, I grab it, I hold on to it, and I talk into it. Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, uh, all, I, all I really say is, I just say, I just make the sound of my sleigh bells. 
singing. <laughs> so, and then she takes the other one and she hands it to Crescent. How much is and it she worth? Says, Can I appraise how much <laughs> is this is worth? Because uh, maybe it gets in her head. Maybe it gets lost on the way back. Um, oh, okay. So I want to assess how much it is. Let's see. What would that be? Give me a. Uh, <laughs> Are are you insight checking the rock? <laughs> How much are you worth, rock? <laughs> what what's the motive of this rock? Really, I want to know. Uh, what just give me, straight, yeah, give me a straight um, history check. How about that? <laughs> oh, this is going to be excellent. My history is zero. Uh, Fifteen. <laughs> Fifteen. Okay, that's good enough. Yeah, this is worth at least a hundred gold. Uh, Joe, Joe, may I uh, make an insight check on her to see if I can tell what she's trying to do? Yeah, absolutely. Do I need to roll a deception? <laughs> <laughs> I, were you doing that secretively so no one oh, saw yeah. what you? Well, I'm not gonna be okay, like. Sure. I wonder how much this rock costs. <laughs> oh, natural twenty. Okay. I see. I've seen her do this several times before, and I know yeah, whenever she's handed have, yeah. a trinket like this, I totally mm-hmm. get it. I'm gonna kick her in the shin real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, are we going with we know each other quite well? <laughs> I think. I think this is what I'm insinuating. So okay. All right. Let's go with that then. Uh, she just like looks at you, just gives you a shrug of like what. <laughs> and I'll uh, yeah, well. She needs to. She's part of the other group, so she's gotta. She's gotta keep the stone on her. So you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I so struck this... in the uh, no, 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 no way. <laughs> <laughs> and this woman looks at you, and she's like, says, "Okay, okay, okay. These these are sending stones that will allow you to speak to each other from the great distances. We call them rocky talkies." <sighs> So wow. mad at you right now. So <laughs> wow, that'll be real easy to slip off the tongue when I sell, when I uh, I return these back to you later. <laughs> Once you get the power word out of the shock, transmit it to your friends at the top so they can get past the vault's seal. Let the record show that with the accent you're using, and you say the shark, it sounds like the shock. The shock, <laughs> S- yeah. which is what S H O C K is what I wrote down first. Well, my oh. accent has changed like three or four times during that whole thing. So. No, you've been consistent and amazing. Don't <laughs> totally, <tell yourself>. totally. <laughs> uh, they have wandering accent. You should always trust someone whose accent wanders. <laughs> Smile, my eye. That's what the kids say. Uh, well, so I'd li- um, I think I think Jingle's gonna go up to to, to Tart. And um, is going to basically uh, uh, motion one of the spindly fingers to kind of like get down, come down a little lower, like come down to my level. Um, you know, what, I'm sorry, Tart, what are you again? What race are you again? Or Tug? Tug. I'm so sorry. Uh, I wrote down Tert. Tug. Oh, you're a half Turd. Okay. Turd yeah. works. <laughs> so, um, Tug, then never mind. Then I'll just kind of walk up next to you since we're about the similar height. And then um, I'm going to kind of move your hands so that they look in like a tough bodyguard pose, and then uh, and then I'm going to like make a tada stance right next to you. So T- Tug just glares back at Jingle Jangle and just kind of like Ugh, like makes like a gruff noise, and then just pats Jingle Jangle <laughs> on top of the head, just <laughs> as condescendingly as possible, and just heads towards the door. Okay, I'll follow it. With, <laughs> okay. with a bright Mary uh, skip in my step, so. Hey, Carl, Carl falls in line. Alright, so you guys head out of uh, the yawning portal, and you head south along the coast until you reach the neighborhood of Mist Shore. The air reeks of fish and scorched timber. The whole area is a charred mess, like it was once ravaged by a great fire and forgotten. 
You pass ramshackle homes that are nothing more than broken brick walls and old ship wood. Most are roofless except for the few that are sheltered only by ripped, pa- ripped and patched sails, inhabited mainly by rats and the occasional homeless huddled around small fires. In the distance, Kraken's folly is hard to miss. The shattered masts tower above the burnt neighborhood. Deep red sails flutter powerfully in the evening air. The galleon is four stories tall and at least a hundred feet long of strong old wood, although much of it has been stripped of parts. At one end, you notice a large hole at the base of the rear of the ship. At the other, the shattered bow of the ship curves high above the streets, tipped with a giant bronze statue of a kraken. Several buildings nearby have been reduced to rubble, offering a climbable surface to get close. Well, um, I'm going to basically be using a little um, minor illusion here, one of my cantrips, to just start uh, generating juggling balls, and I'm going to gesture my way up to the front door with Tug right at my back. So, All right, what are the rest of you doing? I guess we're, because we're not, I mean, you guys are going. No, we're we're team super sneak. We're creeping. Yeah. We creep. Yeah, we're going to play split screen in this one shot for most of it. (laughs) No screen looking. Yeah, no screen looking. Don't look at each other's screens. So you guys are sneaking up to the bow? Creeping. Yep. Creeping. And Carl, you're heading with uh, the other guys. In line with Jingle Jangle and Tug. Hey, right. Ivan, if it's uh, Ivan and Brian, if it's okay with you guys, you guys mind if I'm holding all three of the green feathers? I think that's perfectly fine. I mean, yeah. it, you would lose the feathers and and Jingle Jingle's uh, cloak of feathers anyway. So, all right, cool. <laughs> Who's got the tattoos? Um, I've got one. So I grabbed initially. I grabbed a feather and a tattoo. Okay. Tug does. Um, I didn't grab any of the other. Uh, well, now I've got the three feathers and the other two tattoos are on someone else. Okay. Who who else has a tattoo? Uh, Carl would have a tattoo. Okay. I probably would have snagged them. How how complicated are these uh, snake things? Uh, not not complicated. I mean, they're if licking you've ever put sticks. On, yeah, licking they're licking sticks. sticks. <laughs> if you ever put on a temporary tattoo, I mean, I could never do it right, but... No, no, I, I, it's, I, no, I didn't mean like the application thereof. I meant like the design. <laughs> oh. Like, are we talking like two lines which make two S's? Or like, are we talking like something really freaking detailed? Um, it's pretty detailed. Yeah, like a like a swirling serpent with these large black wings that spread out from it. Uh, yeah, like each individual scale is kind uh, of drawn fudge. on. Is it is it something that I could replicate with like some bardic magic, like a, a glyph or illusionary script or something like that? Yeah, I'd say so. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I was just wondering if I could carve it into someone, but apparently not. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you kill them. I'll carve. You kill them, and I'll and I'll carve it. I can. Uh, I mean, add a, add a character on this a little bit. I can absolutely throw the brand down on somebody once a body's been placed there. So to speak. So. <laughs> I think it's like you make the minor illusion on the body, and I could just like carve it in like tracing paper. <laughs> oh wow! Oh. Yes, that's fine. That's a great idea. Because then, oh, look, there's someone dead here who stole who stole a bunch of stuff from us. Oh, that'll do. Yeah, you know Perfect. what? Why don't we make caterpillars out of egg cartons with little googly eyes as well, too? So Crescent has the tattoo, but has not applied it to herself yet. Is that Tug correct? hasn't applied his either. Yep. Yeah, okay. neither has Carl. Right. Perfect. Okay. All right. So let's start with um, let's start with Tug, Jingle, and Carl. 
you you enter the hull of the ship and find yourself in this large stock room of sorts. You see dusty barrels and boxes that are scattered about, um, and you see these two huge, or I'm sorry, these four huge casks that lay sideways along the opposite wall, kind of against the wall. And inside of here are also several impoverished uh, people. Like it looks like families that have taken residence here, and they're they're huddled closely around small little fires that they've built around these large casks. Is there a child with them? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, several okay. little children. Uh, Jingle will take a moment to show them a fun trick in which uh, it takes its mage hand balls and kind of does one of those bounce juggling bits where he takes three or four balls and it bounces onto the ground and lifts them all up. And then it'll bounce them all in a way to where they can all land on the kid's hands. So before <laughs> he walks off. So perfect. Okay. So this little girl with like brown hair, she's wearing this like raggedy dress. She holds these balls and she's beaming up at you and smiling. Um, and who you assume to be her father kind of takes her by the shoulder and turns her around very sternly. And she kind of frowns and looks down. Um, give me, yeah. Why don't you three give me a perception check? 19 for Carl. Okay. 19 for Tug. Nice. At 18 for Jingle. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, Tug and Carl see this first, but you kind of all, all see that you don't realize, you don't see any sort of entrance into the ship. It's strange that they would have a storage room that only exits from the hole that you see outside. There's no doors marking, you know, a place to go further into the ship, which you think is very strange. Uh, Tug walks over to the little girl that was just whirled around by her father, and I'm assuming I'm the same height as her. Just about, yep. <laughs> okay. He gently taps her on her shoulder and goes, uh, excuse me, young lady, where is the entrance to this wonderful place? Um, and she looks, she looks, I was going to say up at you, but she looks at you straight ahead. <laughs> and she says, sir, I'm, I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. Uh, Tug pulls out five gold coins and hands them to her. And he goes, I think, I think it's okay to talk to me and just tell me where we're going. Give, me, give pers- me a heads. Persuasion with advantage. Uh, so a natural one and a 20 non-natural. So I'll go with, I'll go with, I'll go with the 20. <laughs> she looks straight at you and then her eyes are drawn down to your hands um, where you have the, the like golden feathers to your side or the, the green feathers to your side. And she puts her hands in front of her chest and she points down at the green feathers and then points back to her father. Excellent. And stashes uh, the gold in her pocket. Tug, Tug pats her uh, on her head and pulls out the, you know, has the three, three feathers in his left hand. And he stomps over to the dad and he, uh, he kind of violently spins him around. I'm assuming the man's back is still to Tug. Yeah. He didn't see any of this. So he, he spins him around. He goes, uh, <clears throat> hey, we need to be let in. I'm here. This is this is Carl over here. We're we're the bodyguards of tomorrow night's entertainment. We got three feathers to get in tonight so we can experience the events so he can case the joint and understand what type of tricks he needs to be doing. This is tomorrow night's show. You can confirm it. Dr. Noisemaker, Mick Awesome. He's coming in. <laughs> and, and I uh, turn around making as much noise as I possibly can. <laughs> See, it's it, it's his thing. It's his thing. You know, it's his thing. So here are the feathers. We would like access, please. No more delays. Thank you. Also, treat your daughter better. 
Mr. Cod. <laughs> he he looks at you with uh, that during that whole speech with all sorts of different emotions. He's angry. He's laughing. He's smiling at the Kenku. Eventually, he just uh, walks over to this third cask that's in the row, and with a strong, he rolls away the wooden lid. The huge wooden lid just rolls away easily, revealing a stairwell beyond. And he gestures you forward. Can I can I make a a sweet sweet remix using his grunting sound while accompanying it on my viol as we walk into the building? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. It only takes one step uh, in this stairwell before you are hit with the smell of booze and the sound of music and laughter. And after several short moments of climbing, you break through a moth-written curtain to see the grand casino before you. The entire first and second floor of the ship has been carved out into a massive gambling hall. You see a hundred or more men and women of various races populating the place, some simply milling about with drinks in their hands, some sitting at tables playing cards and rolling dice, some gathered around a large central circular bar waving mugs of ale to and fro against the northern wall a musical trio of human musicians play a sort of taverny nautical song with fiddle ocarina and tambourine an area near the southern section contains several billiards tables the wall lined with targets for darts over the bar and past the sea of people you spot a grand staircase across the way lined with red carpet that leads up to the second floor balconies that stretch around the entire place along which you spy heavily armed bandits blocking off the upstairs hallways and peering over the side to supposedly look out for any funny business i'm pretty sure our group is just code name funny business at this point <laughs> in time uh, so uh, out of character a little bit before Jingle Jangle because he's restraining himself pretty hard right now. This is this is a lot of entertainment. This is a lot of excitement. Jingle is having a hard time ref uh, uh, refraining himself right now from just <laughs> not jumping on stage immediately. So I would highly, highly recommend you use him immediately before he starts doing whatever the hell he wants. He or she, it, <laughs> it. I forget, Kenku are totally like, you never know what their gender yeah, is, which is one of yeah. the reasons I love them so much. So, <laughs> so Tug uh, looks over at uh, uh, Jingle Jangle, a.k.a. Dr. Noisemaker McAwesome, <laughs> and, and, and just kind of sees his like hype, air quotes hype, just starting to escalate. And Tug turns to Carl and he goes, uh, uh, so you want to, you want to sort this out or <laughs> I think, I think we're about to have something real, real sketchy on our hands real quick. I, uh, I think we should let the bird fly. <laughs> All right. Not, I, I think we not, should let him do his thing. Well, since you're the leader of the group, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not the play <laughs> I would have called, but here we go. I think this is a good time to switch. <laughs> um, okay. So in that case, then. Uh, Jingle is probably going to start wandering over to where the human musicians are, and it's going to listen to them play for about, you know, four or five stanzas. And, you know, I'm, is, I'm sent it to Nautical Song. I'm assuming it's like a call and response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. sure. So after about four or five stanzas of whatever they're singing with the music, I'm going to pull out the viol and then just start, like, adding another harmony to it. Perfect. And... I and 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 then also join in on their chorus as well too, and just start killing it. <laughs> well, give me a performance check. I'll be the judge of that, or your Damn dice right. will be the judge of that. Yeah, actually, it's a good point. Um, <laughs> shitty bird powers go. 
well, I rolled a five, but that's still a 15. That's pretty good. Okay, pretty good. So you jump in. So <laughs> nice. they're playing these four or five different stanzas, and you leap in and join in with your viola, and several people around you just turn to look at this new instrument that's joined in the chorus, and they're tapping their feet, and they're clinking their glasses together, and they're having a grand old time as the um, as the picture fades out and it fades to black. And we move over to our two other heist specialists, Crescent and Durf. And you make your way in the shadows towards the front of the ship. A three-story building lies just beneath the large metallic kraken crown at the tip of the galleon. The front of the building has completely collapsed, broken away from the rest in a heap of crumbled brick and charred wood. And you are just standing underneath it in the shadows. Can we see? How far, how far from the front of the ship? You're right. You're right up by it, but you don't see any feasible way to climb up except for this huge, uh, this building that's kind of crumbled. Is there oh, anyone? Is there anyone around? Like, uh, give me a perception us. check. Oh crap! Nineteen. Okay, you don't see anybody, but as you kind of press your hands against your ears, and you can definitely hear voices at the top of the ship. Several of them. Uh, is that roughly where this doorway is? Can we see the door from where we are? Yeah, I'd say with a with a nineteen that you rolled, you also you don't see the door, but you do see a big crack in the hull of the ship near where this giant metallic kraken is, which is you assume to be the opening that the woman was talking about. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I point this out to my companion. Why don't I um, turn into some sort of flying creature to case the joint? Now the question is, how often can you do that? I well, it's a one shot, so. <laughs> Um, we don't have very much time, and I have three charges. Oh, believe so me, I will find a way to make you use all those. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you want to turn into, Durf? Well, why? Let me see. You, she, she said, I hear voices up there. Yeah, you. Yeah. Why don't? Okay, part of part of me thought a bat because they have advantage on hearing, but I think maybe a raven because then I can use mimicry if they say something interesting. Uh huh. Okay. Oh, so you can repeat it without coming out of uh, B-shape? The raven can mimic simple sounds it has heard, such as a person whispering, a baby crying, or an animal chittering. Okay. A creature that hears the sounds can tell they are imitations with a successful DC-10 insight check. Okay, let's do it. So you're going to turn into a raven, and then yeah. um, are you just flying up above the ship? Well, so I don't fully understand the the layout. So there's a brick building in front of us, which we could use to climb up to basically like the top of the ship where the bow is like cracked. And that's where the entrance is. Yeah. So this, we're talking this about. giant ship has been washed upon shore and it's basically like in the, not the middle, but the edge of this town, this old neighborhood. Um, so there are buildings about everywhere. And you noticed as you get to the front of the ship that there is a building that's close enough that you're probably able to climb up. That's kind of shattered, like brick and wood. It's just crumbled. And what we're what we would be climbing up to is the top of the ship at the front. Is the hull of the ship that's cracked open. Which is near the top? Yes. Okay. All right. So I'll fly up. I mean, I'll kind of take a long swoop up i'll fly over the ship see if anybody's on deck and then um maybe i'll kind of land on the on the bow right above where the people are talking mm -hmm. and listen in 
Okay. Yeah, sure. So you fly up in this in this uh, in the dark, and you are pretty well masked. I'm not going to make you roll a stealth check or anything. You're just a bird. I mean, they've seen birds before. Um, and you fly high above the ship, and you look down, and you see lights on in the back of the ship where the captain's quarters would be. Um, just kind of flickering candle flame in the windows there, and you see at least a dozen. Um, it's kind of hard to tell and count because there's big red uh, sails that are kind of fluttering about as you're flying around. But there are at least a dozen bandits kind of patrolling the top of the ship, mostly on the edges around the balconies that kind of look over into the streets of of, of Miss Shore. Um, but yeah, you see men and women fully like locked and loaded. They've got flintlock pistols. They've got rapiers. They've got thick leather armor. armor. They're clearly there to guard something. All right, well, so I don't want to land right next to a sentry, so maybe I'll fly a little bit below the edge of the top of the ship and the deck, I guess, towards where the cracks are and kind of try to rest near the cracks where we heard. Are there guys there? Yeah, give me a perception check. Twelve. Twelve, okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry, perception plus three, fourteen. Fourteen. Um... All right, with a 14, uh, you you hear them talking. You don't really catch anything of much importance. They're just a bunch of, and they're actually drinking. You see, you, you can hear the sounds of bottles clinking together. Um, just drunken ramblings. You hear, you hear one of them say, Oh, Captain Dusty, she's quite the looker, ain't she? And the other one says, Oh, yeah, I'd like a piece of that. Um, and, and it's basically more of that, just kind of drunken ramblings of bandits um, talking about nothing important. Captain who? Captain Dusty. Quite the looker. Putting that in the mimicry uh, head box for later. All right. Uh, <laughs> wait, so can I, is this a door we're trying to get in or it's just a crack that goes to the interior of the ship? Uh, a crack that, so she kind of explained it was, there's an opening in the front that will lead to a locked door. Okay, can I go in the opening? Just kind of hop through on my raven feet? Yeah. And, uh, um... Crescent, what are you doing during this? Are you just waiting for him, or...? Oh, hell no. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this bird fly up into the night thinking, well, if he gets cool, I'm going to use this as a way to get in without being seen. So, I'm just going to clamber up the front of this building, and I'm going to get my way to the door. I'm going to try and open it whilst he's uh, scouting up top. All right, give me, um, I'll let you give me either a stealth or an acrobatics check to kind of deftly climb up here without making any noise. Which is cooler. Uh, I'm going to make it look like parkour, so I'm going to use acrobatics. Fuck this. Okay. (laughs) Natural 20, 31. Oh, jeez. All right, you tell me. How do you how do you make your way easily up this three-story building to the, to the hole in the ship? All right, so this, you say this building's like partially broken? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I assume there's gonna be broken pieces of masonry. So I'm basically gonna partially wall run up one bit, jump onto an opening or a crack up to a window. Then I'm gonna jump up to the point where I can grab my hands onto a ledge. And rather than flipping myself up, I'm gonna push myself back and go into the opening and do like a backwards roll. And then when I come up, I'm just gonna do a little spin and I'll be at the door. That is perfect. And you don't make a single sound. Not even a, the tiniest pebble falls from the building <laughs> as you do this. It's completely silent. And you guys come to a dust, another dusty storage room. And it's full of crates and chests that seem of, as if they haven't been touched in ages. Um, you actually see the only exit out of this room is a solid steel door. 
It's like a block with no handle that leads to the inside. And you see actually next to this, a skeleton that lies against the chest near the door, alluding to a man who found his way in this room, but never made it out. Hmm. Is, you say this place is covered in dust. Is there any part in here that looks like the dust has been disturbed recently? Um, You see footsteps on the ground, which makes you think that maybe the people, that the Harpers that were doing some recon had been in here. Okay. But that's about it. But th- is there a keyhole in the door? No. So mm. this door, is it just like a solid piece of like rectangular metal? Yes, completely solid piece of steel, like the inside of a of a walk-in freezer. Okay, this might sound like a bizarre question, but can we see any hinges? Any hinges? Yeah. Um, yeah, give me an investigation check. Oh, I'm not so good at those. I'm really not. I got a five. <laughs> <laughs> can I see hinges? <laughs> what's in, what's investigation intelligence? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do I use my bird stats for that? Like, am I dumber while yes. I'm a bird? Well, um, no, actually, no. I'd say use your use your dwarf intelligence. You don't suddenly drop IQ. Okay, eighteen then for me. All right, so you you investigate the crate. You both are like peeking around the sides of this door, trying to figure out. Okay, where are the cracks? Where's the handle? What's going on? And you see the hinges. They're on the other side, but you can kind of see them through the crack where a little bit of light seeps through. All right, I peck a little bit at them, not not with any <laughs> intent except to make my partner aware of the fact that there are hinges back there. Give me a peck check. Peck check? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Jesus. Peck okay. check. They are some real nice pecks, I have to say. Um, <laughs> all right, you say that we... You, so if I go there, I, I can see what he's seeing, right? Yeah, yeah. So okay. so you stick your beak in there, Durf, but there's no... there's not. Clearly not enough room for your beak to go very far. Okay, so you can see the hinges on the other side of the door, i.e. on the other side of the wall, right? Correct. So if, for example, I were to pull up one of my, my kind of like sturdier lockpicks, let's say I hide my thieves' tools in my braid because why the hell wouldn't mm-hmm. I? I pull them out. Is it possible for me to pop these hinges from this side? As in, hinges are basically a pin wrapped around something. Can I just pop them out? Um. Okay, give me... Hmm. Well, give me a slide of hand check, but since there's so much space and it's such a thin, like, area to get your lock picks in here, it's not like you're picking a normal lock. This is very mm-hmm. difficult. Uh, roll it with disadvantage. Okay. I'll put up my other dice for that. Well, that was a 16 and a 15, so that makes it a 26. <laughs> oh, disadvantage 26? <laughs> yeah. 26 or 27 uh okay choices. okay yeah sure somehow with a lock pick you free the hinges from a giant steel door and the thing uh comes off its hinges and falls to the ground with a can poof. i can i try and grab it before it hits the deck? sure sure give me another slide of hand- well uh give me another slide of hand check whatever all right <laughs> whatever thing. right <laughs> uh it's 11 so 22 yeah, you're fine. Yeah, you you grab this and Lay it with down the help. Slowly. Well, I guess not with the help of a no. of a bird, but yeah. Durf, 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 like 
clutches it with his paws very ineffectually, like, <laughs> flapping his you wings. You thought it was a heavy steel door, but really it was just Teflon. It's just made of- <laughs> it was just a curtain. It's just made of aluminium. It's just like, you know, yeah. sorry, aluminum. Um- <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah, so you put your arms out and slowly lower the steel door uh, to the ground. And it makes a little noise, but not too much. I, I want to high five my companion because holy crap. <laughs> Durf, Durf, Durf gives her a wing. High fives, and then uh, lands on her shoulder. Yeah, I like <laughs> All <right>. this. <laughs> All right, let's switch back to our other people back at the gambling hall. And this song that um, Jingle Jangle was performing has come to an end, and several people around are standing up and just applauding. What are the guards doing? I'm assuming they've noticed a disturbance. Yeah, you look up, and they're kind of rolling their eyes. They're up on the top second balcony. I'm sure they've seen, you know, rambunctious crowds before. They're not. They're not thinking anything of this. Uh, just another guy who wants uh, wants his five seconds of fame with the with the house band. Uh, so are the guards positioned on the stairs going up? Correct. There's or are they two. Kind of all yeah. around? You actually look. Um, you look at the steps, and you see two guards. At the bottom, and think of, if you think of like the Titanic, you know this big, like arched, large staircase that goes up. There's a uh, there's ropes that kind of like board off the bottom part of it, and two guards are there at the bottom. You see this seven foot tall male with he's like four hundred pounds, pure muscle. Always he's holding onto this flask and he's drinking it. Um, he looks super dumb. He's he's bald. He's got one tooth, a splintered peg leg on the left side, and next to him uh, is this small, old, grizzled, crusty beard, scar above the right eye. Um, he's got this gray and red spidery hair. He's a dwarf, and he's in these this like oversized black leather jacket. And they're just standing there, um, standing guard. Um, do they look like the only security in the room right now, or are there other like pit bosses and stuff that's around? Give me a perception check. Okay. Uh, perception looks like an eleven. Eleven. Um. So you the when you look around, you look for people that are official. Uh, you see like the dealers at the tables. They're obviously looking around. They they're dressed up in in nicer garb. Although it's still a bandit casino, so it's still not great. Um, that's about all you see. You see the bandit guards on the second floor. You see the main two guards blocking the stairwell, but no one, no one that you see that's actually like roaming around looking for trouble. Okay. So, um, since I've given myself a big attention, but I don't feel like Jingle has done his full job yet of causing enough ruckus to make Mm -hmm. this work in the party's favor. I have two options right now, and I'm going to kind of leave it up to the party to feel like the best way to distract. Go for Um, it. Don't, don't even ask. Just go for it. That's how we roll. Right, here we go. <laughs> so Tug borrows a page out of Jingle Jangle's books and like makes makes eye contact with his hands, just puts them together and does like. <laughs> 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 All right. So a couple things are going to happen at the same time here. Um, so while Jingle basically has the stage and people are all atten- attention, um, Jingle at one point in his travel, uh, sat and memorized the monologue of one of the grossest, most obscene stand-up <laughs> comedy that he saw a half-orc do, um, somewhere south of Waterdeep. And it's just, 
it's literally the most bottom of the barrel terrible humor with fart jokes <laughs> and like penis uh, jokes and all of these terrible terrible things it's just gross and disgusting and because every joke needs to have a target I'm gonna make every single one of these jokes about the um, the guards basically I'm like gonna, like call them out and it's all in a half orc voice right so there's this tiny little little bird in a jester outfit but it's using a big breath half orcs <laughs> voice but it's just reciting this monologue of like, you know, there's this one time when I saw a dwarf and he had a beard that was so long, he wiped his own ass with it. And he had dingleberries <laughs> from oils and he sat down. And I'm just going to literally use, use roast the hell out of these two um, guards Perfect. that are sitting All right. there. You make it sound that's, no, that's horrific, great. but I would pay to see. <laughs> yeah, you, <right? laughs> you, you watch these two guards on the far end of the hall as you take the mic and kind of say this over the crowd and a lot yeah. of a lot of a lot of heads turn to look at you right. and you see them go start to go red faced and they like start clenching their fists right. and then all of a sudden from the opposite side of the room you hear <laughs> you hear a slow clap Okay, I'm, I'm, you, I don't deal with trolls. I keep doing the bits. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to obviously look at whoever's clapping, but I'm not yeah. stopping the routine. So. And the, yeah, sure. And, the, and this man strides forward, and he smiles, his big smile, and you can see his teeth, and they are filed down to points. All of okay. them, all around in a big row. And he's got this eyebrow ring that's a fishing hook, and it's stuck through his his right eyebrow. And cool. he just struts confidently forward as he approaches the stage. Um, so while the routine's going on and I'm letting him approach me, perfect. Like, keep the attention on me. I'd like to cast Stinking Cloud right on top of the guards. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um... Hmm. Okay, please let me say, think about this for a second. It smells like palm of violets or something dumb. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm obviously making absurd jokes about how much they smell and how terrible they are, and then oh, okay, dropping. So that you're not actually clock. wanting to like roll initiative? Let's go. No, this is this is mostly uh, like I mean, they're in theory, stinking cloud is. Um, you know, it's supposed to just create a a radius of nauseating gas. Where if they if they have to make a constitution check or they just start retching and reeling. So give me a. Let's see if you can do this without anyone noticing that it's a spell. Yeah, first of all, that would be so, awesome. Yeah, give me um, give me just give me a sleight of hand check. This is this is the punchline of my terrible okay. joke. How about a performance then? Oh, either the, one. Even better. I'll take the yep. performance check. Roll the 19 plus 9. That's a 20, <laughs> 28 okay, perfect. in nice. performance. So as you hit this joke and like raise your hand up in the air, all of a sudden this silent but deadly cloud uh, forms around <laughs> these two guards. And I'll make them roll constitution checks. Yeah, What's the DC? My, my DC is 14. 14? All right. I got a 14 and a 12. Okay. So, so one. the okay. smaller one passes out immediately just like slumps <laughs> to the ground slumps to the ground he's like and then the older one smells it and kind of hmm it's kind of nice and he just kind of looks at looks their around own farts man you know yeah. some people just love the smell of their own farts you like your own brand yeah <laughs> but he still bends down and tries to like he starts like patting the other guy in the face like wake up wake up Now's the time to go, guys. <laughs> so, so Tug Tug sees all this kind of going on. Doesn't see necessarily the smell guard thing, but he did lock in on uh, 
the guy clapping, walking towards the stage, which Tug has readily identified as the shark. And uh, Tug turns to, to Carl. Uh, hey, Carl, you better find out if we need to let those, uh, let those other two boners in through the back of the ship because it's time for us to move. You head up the steps. I'll, I'll cut off the shark. And Tug, like, goes to assume his position as uh, Jingle Jangle's bodyguard with the shark approaching the stage. Um, and tries to kind of intercept him on okay. his path there. Carl, what are you doing? I'm going to follow uh, what Tug said and make my way towards the steps and try and make my way past the guards. Um, all right, so let's do that first. So this this is a huge grand staircase on the main floor, um, very clearly viewable from every part of the casino, especially the balconies where all these other bandit guards are. Now, they're kind of watching this comedy show, um, not really phased, not really super focused on their job, which is guarding the the place. So why don't you give me, let's see, how would you do this? Actually, so you're well, I, wanna, to, I want to approach the downed dwarf. Okay. And the big sure. guard. Yeah. And, and what do you say? Like, uh, is your, is your friend here? Okay. Do we, should we get him some help? And this, this Goliath, this huge seven foot tall, 400 pound guard stands up real tall and he he lifts his shoulders up above you, and you're looking straight out at him, and he's like, "Yeah, help would be great." <laughs> <laughs> my my friend here just passed out. I don't know what happened. <laughs> is can I go get somebody? Is can I go up the steps and and is there somewhere where I can get a kid or something to help him? Okay. <laughs> He he looks. He's like, you know, I'm I'm really I'm really uh I'm supposed to be guarding this staircase here. So uh, yeah, that'd be great if you could go. I think there's a there's a medicine cabinet in one of the bathrooms up there. Uh, first hallway down to your right, and second door to the left. I think uh, if you could go grab that real quick, that'd be great. Perfect. I'll I'll be right back to help your friend. All right. And perfect. I start making my way up. Following his directions. Oh, tiny and his <laughs> tininess. And you, you, you bound up the steps, and some of the other bandit guards like look down and point. And this guy, uh, his name is Rusty Hammertoe. He kind of looks up at the guards and he waves. He's like, "Ah, he's cool. He's cool." And they they turn back to their business. And Tug, as you are uh, intercepting the Kenku, as you are intercepting Jingle Jangle, the shark puts his hands up. And he says, hey, 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 what's the big idea? I love your friend here. You guys together? Uh, Tug looks up and goes, we're not, I mean, we're not together like that. But we're, we're to, like, we travel together. A very weird question to lead off in your very intimidating presence. I'm the muscle here. You're an imposing. Give my man some space. He's the entertainment here, not you. It oh, ain't wait, about you. hey, 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 take it easy. I just want to see if y'all want to play a little game for some cash, you know, a little gambling. I love games. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to uh, walk up with a, um, so I'm going to take one of the piece of papers with the serpent drawing on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think I would love to cast, if, you, if, you, if you're okay with it, Joe, I'd like to cast Illusionary Script and basically make an autograph, like a magical autograph of Dr. <laughs> Noisemaker Extraordinaire um, <laughs> and put it on the back of one of the uh, – uh, uh, the back of one of the – sorry, I'm losing my, my thing here – the, um, the Zentarum. 
So on one of the Zintarum pieces, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fold it in half and hand it to the shark and give him a pat on the uh, on the shoulder as I join tug for his game so so are you like secretly putting it on his back like a kick me sign <laughs> no no no, no. Oh. It's, it's an autograph i'm literally oh, okay. I'm giving okay. him an autograph with the zentarum's um thing right. onto it so yeah he he takes it willingly and he says he says oh aren't you a cute little bird thank you so much i really appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> just farting sounds and i give him a wink and then, uh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you're gonna have to work here more often. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even supposed to work tonight. We ain't even getting paid for this. <laughs> you owe us money. He's scheduled for tomorrow night. All this was free. For now, we're gonna get our money after this game. What's the game? Well, well, we got lots of options down here. And he points as the the crowd kind of like disperses and goes back to their games. And he he gestures around and you see the darts on the far wall. You see the billiards tables. You see card tables. You see dice tables. And he says, take your pick. Can I look to tug and um, make sounds of darts being thrown like like them hitting the hitting a dartboard? So boom, boom, boom. Uh, Tug Tug understands what uh, the 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 signaling that Jingle Jingle wants to 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 play darts, and Tug uh, leans down, or well, leans down. He certainly doesn't lean down. He's the smallest person in the room. <laughs> um, he he grabs Shark by uh, who he presumes to be the shark by his collar and pulls him down and goes, uh, "Me and Doctor Noisemaker McAwesome, <laughs> we fancy darts and we're gonna play darts." Right, and he 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 kind of want this team to be some kind of comedy series. That's done. Like it's just this this Kenku and halfling just madness is amazing. <laughs> and he leans up and he kind of like pats his hands together. He's like, "All right, all right, dots. I have I'm a little rusty, but I think I could I could handle it. What's what is what are the stakes?" Uh, medium rare. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll leave the jokes up to this Yeah, guy. you're not Seriously. as good as he is. To uh, be honest. That's, yeah, 0% chance I'm as good as he is. He's awesome. Look at it. All churched up. Looks great. Um, the stakes, obviously, uh, we have everything to lose, uh, including our job tomorrow night here. So what are you actually offering? Because you don't look like you got much. You look like a bag of smashed assholes your teeth are rotten your 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 cranial accessories are garbage uh and you look like you don't have a dime to your name so what are you bringing to the table and you we'll sir, adjust accordingly you sir are quite the charmer aren't you he's the charmer i'm the muscle we went over this already i've got gold beyond what you could even imagine little one. Oh yeah where you keep it because you ain't wearing socks or you don't have pockets so where where's this all this gold at because if I'm not seeing it, I'm not buying it. And if I'm not buying it, we ain't playing. <laughs> um, let's see. He says, oh, now that's uh, top secret information. I can't tell you that. That's Those stakes are too high. Um, I'm going to um, – oh, wait a minute. Sorry. Keep going. I have to think about the best time to interject on this. <laughs> uh, Tug hears the rustling of feathers behind him and turns around. And he goes, Yeah. It's like we've got a pen and teller thing going on. <laughs> I just, I just thought of that. Uh, it's kind of perfect. Except you're so small. We're just small, the smallest pen and teller ever. <laughs> so, uh, 
Tug, uh, Tug this time reaches up and grabs the shark by the, the hook in his eyebrow and, and pulls him back down again and goes, uh, well, the stakes need to be pretty high to get a piece of information, which is a higher stake than the gold. You make no sense. Start making sense, or there's no sense to be made here. All right, all, all right. And lets get... him go and lets him sit and stand back up. Yeah, he says, all right, all right, all right. I see what you're getting at. So I'll, I'll give you information to get to my gold, but what do you give me if I win? Tug, uh, Tug shoots a glance over at uh, Jingle Jangle. And uh, I'll make a I'll make a silent image is what I'd like. So I'll I'll cast it at um, first level. Uh, okay. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to cast a silent image of some kind of castle on a duke ship, or like a duke's them, like essentially um, tracks of land is what I would like to basically mm-hmm. make the silent image for to kind of show him that what's at stake here is an entire fiefdom. Mm, um, okay, give me a. Um... I'd say, or, give me. Or, yeah. Oh, 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 sorry. Can I? I want. Yeah, yeah, do you mind if I, I know, write absolutely. that real quick? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if Jingle Jing would have this, and you're totally welcome to to knock this down. But the the Abolith, I'd like to just make the make a silent image of the Abolith and hold it in my hand, and then hold it up to him. Does Tug see this? Yeah, everyone would see it. It's a silent image. I mean, the Abolith is only a, a little smaller than like a child's football. Like a little yeah. foam football, gotcha. but it would be it would look enormous in in Jingle's hand. So, all right, um, yeah. So Tug sees this as well. Are you doing this as kind of like I'll give you an abolith kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, go ahead. And Tug, I'll hold uh, it up. To, I'll even hold it up to him as well too. So yeah. t- so uh, <clears throat> Jingle Jangle conjures the the abolith. Uh, Tug sees it, and Tug just kind of does like a thumb point over to it and goes, "Yeah, fancy as fuck, isn't it?" <laughs> That's what we got on the line and more, because if we got that, we got it all. Let's go. All right. Uh, Jingle Jingle, give me a persuasion check with, I guess, Tug's advantage. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Persuasion. Oh, man. Oh, rough. Okay. It's only a 10. And with advantage? Oh, with not with advantage. Sorry. Yeah. Roll with advantage. Oh, natural one. No. <laughs> no. We'll, we'll, take t- we'll take the 10, Joe. Yeah. 10. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, an abolith and a castle, eh? Mm, that's quite that's quite the uh, image you've created there. I hope you actually have it. And I tell you what, since I like you so much and since you told so many great jokes, you're on. Let's do this. And he walks you all over to to the dartboards. Um and let's go. Let's switch over to Carl. Uh so I'm I'm in the hallway that uh I was directed to. I'm assuming can I, does this lead towards like the bow of the ship? Yes. Yeah. So okay. you actually, you, um, you turn the corner, uh, down this hallway and it's a long hallway that stretches all the way towards the end. You kind of, you kind of like where the staircase was, you're pretty close to the bow anyway, because it was okay. at the opposite end. And as you turn the corner, you see Crescent and Durf, or you see Crescent and a bird, uh, emerge from this steel door that's being lowered to the ground. I look up and I, uh, I'm going to rush over, and before they can finish lowering it to the ground, I kind of make sure that they're safe inside and start propping it back up against the wall. Okay. Or like, so, so it kind of fits back <laughs> in place. Back in the hole. Nice. <laughs> All right. If I see so that's what you're doing, I help you put it back in the hole, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I was so, just literally about to send my friend a message to let him know we got in. Have you got the words yet? Uh, we do, I don't have the words yet. Tug and Jingle Jangle are with the shark right now. Let's put these pins back in the door so nothing looks crazy. Uh, oh, no, and no, no. See if, if we can. If we don't put them back in the door, most people won't even notice these pins are gone, which means that we have a very quick and easy way back out. But does the door have a handle on the inside? Can we just open it from the inside? Yeah, it does. On the inside, it does have a handle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I've just had this Durf, stupid... Durf doesn't say I... anything because he's a bird, but he just sort of cocks <laughs> his head quizzically and I... lets them work this out. I, I look at the door, right? There's a handle on this side, right? <laughs> so if there's a handle on this side and we prop the door back in the hole, I look to where the locking mechanism is supposed to be. <laughs> Could we have just pushed this door? Because if it was locked, we would have been able to open it. <laughs> uh, I want to say yes, just because that's hilarious. <laughs> I, um, I look- yeah, so it's it's just kind of one of those, um, you know, the, like, the handles on a fridge? It doesn't really like click open and closed. It just is a solid <laughs> handle that you could have just pushed open. I shake my head at myself. <laughs> Do you know what? I thought this was going to be a challenge. Obviously, I'm just an idiot. All right, so we're waiting on the words. So perhaps we should get ourselves up to the captain's place? Yes, that is exactly what we should do. All right. We've got to be careful because there's a bunch of people upstairs, I heard, I think. Yeah. Give me a group investigation or uh, intelligence check. Uh-oh. Just intelligence. Nine. Eight. Four. Nine, eight, and four? <laughs> yeah. With Team Smurf. You wander around aimlessly for a while. Can we add while. them together? <laughs> Can we add them together? No. You wander around aimlessly for quite a while. You 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 see a couple bandits um, like around each corner, but you're able to kind of like sneak out of the oh, way um, and, and avoid any... Just before any, we leave, yeah. can I apply one of these temporary tattoos to my feet? Yes. Yep. Thank you. All right. So let's go back down to uh, Tug and Jingle. And um, the shark has set you up in front of these darts and let us just do a straight. Uh, who who is throwing the darts? By the way, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of like motion to Tug to have him do it. Just kind of look at him and look at the darts. So what? I don't think Tug would know this, but but Joe, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna try to totally cheat by using okay. Mage Hand on this. So nice. <laughs> I want to extremely subtly make this work with Mage Hand, but okay. Um, uh, and I would like to also go retrieve his darts. When he does his first three throws or whatever it is, I want to be mm-hmm. the one to go retrieve the darts, if that's okay. okay. So, no, that's um, perfect. D- doesn't Tug worship Dartholomew, the <laughs> god of darts? <laughs> Actually, canonically, that's very accurate. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Dartholomew. All right. Um, all right. So he sets you up with these darts, and you guys start taking turns. And this is a cricket-style game. Um, let's just roll combating uh, attack rolls, Tug. Let's just roll three of them, just to kind of symbolize the whole game, and we'll see what happens. Would you, would you mind? Can I can I use? Oh, so I'm I'm yeah. actually competing. So it's not just tug and and it's not just tug against shark. It's it's tug against shark against jingle. No, it's tug against shark, and you're just the bat boy. Basically, you're yeah, retrieving the, the darts for tug. Yeah. yeah, and using mage hand. And I'll let you if you want to. Think of a cool way to cheat. I'll give Tug advantage. So on what I, I think the cool way to cheat is every single time he throws the dart, um, I would essentially like just try to reposition it. So if he gets a if he gets a miserable fail, I'm basically just going to use Mage Hand to bump it back up so that it it, okay. it hits true. You know. Okay. Perfect. All right. 
So we're going to roll three to... So, so I'm just rolling as if I was attacking normally. Correct? Yeah, like a ranged attack. Dexterity attack roll. Hold so on I'm going to roll three d20s. And you'll get advantage, Tug. Yeah. Uh, so I got... Oh, with, without advantage, I got a 28, a, a 10, and an 18. Okay. Uh, I rolled a 23, a 17, and a 4. So you win two out of three, right? You had 28, 18? Uh, yeah, 23, 18, and a 10. Okay, sweet. So one one minor point of clarification. While I'm being Bat Boy and reclaiming these darts, um, I would love to cast uh, basically a glyph of warding on the dartboard. Okay. All right. So I'm going to explosive ruins it. <laughs> on the last last throw? On the last throw, when I okay. recover darts, I'm going to just put uh, explosive ruins on the dartboard. Perfect. All right, so this cricket-style game uh, goes on for quite a while. Uh, the shark closes out 15, 16, 17, 18 pretty quickly, and Tug is falling behind on his first few throws. And Jingle comes in with the mage hand and all of a sudden tug is back in it. And then all of a sudden the shark hits three bullseyes in a row and all he has left is one twenty to close and he throws and it's just off and tug has three 18s left and he throws one, bam, 18, two, bam, 18, three in slow motion. The darts traveling towards the target and all of a sudden it hits the 18 clearly and then the target explodes into a million pieces and the shark is staring and just blinking with charred eyebrows uh, as he's staring at this target and he turns to you and he says, holy shit. That was amazing. Game blouses. And he calls you in, he calls you in close and he calls you in close and he says, all right, all right, all right. The deal's a deal. I'm not a man to go back on my word. To get into the vault, you're going to have to get past the bandits here. I'm with a third party. I could give a shit less. The power word to get into the vault is my real name. And he lowers his voice even closer, and he calls you in, and he calls you in, and he calls you in. It's Cletus. I just sigh. Good lord, that's embarrassing. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. It's really hard. But hey, listen, don't take it all because, you know, I still got to make a living. Leave a little bit. I can gamble up to my my former wealth. Please. Uh, I I actually totally respect that and um, give him... Uh, well, we're going to leave a little bit for him anyway, so that's totally fine. So, and he says, he says, oh, oh, wait, 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 but by the way, by the way, there's uh, there's a small golden cage in there. Uh, yeah, don't don't touch that. Uh, that that needs to stay there, please. What's in the cage? Oh, you don't want to know. Don't touch it. I want to know. I just asked. That's literally the only reason I asked. Is so I can listen. I gave you the word to the vault. Don't ask for more. The game is over. I'm gonna kick Tug in the shin and be be done with it. Ugh. Tug flips a gold coin to the shark and turns to him and goes, "That's the that's the gold we're leaving you." And then winking at Gunzim and then stomps <laughs> stomps away. <laughs> and he just watches you like he looks down at his hand and looks back up and looks down at his hand and then shrugs his shoulders and walks and <laughs> buys a beer with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go into a um, into an area around it and I'm going to just uh, get a get a silence around this so that no one can hear us. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. 
you know, cast cast a silence. I think Perfect. I can do it at, at a second level. So. Yeah, you are completely unheard in your in your small sphere of silence. Right. So, and then I'll I'll point at the rock to have Tug get it out. Okay. Uh, Tug pulls out the uh, the communication, the rocky talkie, and um, <laughs> puts it up to his mouth and goes, "This is Tug and Doctor Noisemaker McAwesome checking in. We've got we've got the word. We've got the power word." The we word need to get verb. this done. We need to get moving. <laughs> um, I have a question. They're in a they're in a sphere of silence, right? <laughs> can they even make yeah. any yeah. noise? This is a special sphere of silence that you can actually hear inside of it. How about that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that as I said, I was like, oh, doesn't it? Whatever. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Sorry. What was the word? So did you say the word? I haven't said the word yet. Are you guys in? Where are you guys? What are you doing? Oh yeah, dude. We are so in. We are so in. Don't worry about it. That easy, huh? Was the door made of, like, styrofoam or something? <laughs> well, uh, let's say uh, we made it more complicated to get in than it sounded. Uh, apparently, people just didn't consider maybe pushing the door from the outside. Don't know. Whatever. But we're in. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Duly noted. I'll just say this. People down here love us. <laughs> 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 the power word is Cletus. <laughs> I'm going to use Cletus's voice to also say Cletus. Cletus. <laughs> Derf says Cletus. Back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. You've got it. You've got it. Right. Sweet. Okay. Well, you keep everyone distracted. And if I give you, like, if I give you any sort of signal like we're in trouble, just set fire to something and run. Nodding vigorously. Because we don't need to leave people alive or anything around, do we? I mean. <laughs> no, 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 you Tug turns to, uh, to Jingle Jangle, puts his fists together, and just goes. I hope he's snogging vigorously here. <laughs> At that point, we switch back to uh, Durf, Crescent, and now Carl. Oh, and you guys hold have, on, what? hold on, hold on. Team Funny Business out. <laughs> and then he puts the rocky talkie away. <laughs> Team Super All Smurf right. Stealth off. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Crescent, Durf, and Carl, you guys have been watering around for quite some time aimlessly. <laughs> Um, you finally make your way past a bunch of different bandits that have been patrolling the area. You guys are stealthy enough. And um, you reach a ladder that leads up to a small little square area at the top of the ceiling. Uh, I look at uh, my feathered companion. <laughs> I guess, can we see much up there? Not right now. It's closed. Hmm. All right. Crescent, why did you... Why don't you go up and have a look? I was thinking I'll go up and push it, and then if yeah, 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 just uh, you got my back, right? Because if I if I decide oh things are getting a bit hot, I'm just gonna let go and gonna trustful you're gonna catch me. Absolutely, without a doubt. Can Perfect. I trust him? All Can right. I insight him? <laughs> go ahead, give me an insight. Uh, insight is five, so twenty-two. Ooh, can she trust you, Carl? I am extremely athletic. <laughs> but can she trust you? <laughs> I am extremely athletic. Okay, fair enough. There you go. There's your answer. Well, I'm extremely acrobatic, so chalk and cheese. All right, let's go. I'll, I'll go. All right, you climb up the ladder, and you, with a creak, a small creak, you open up the hatch, and um, you look out, and you are directly in front of the captain's quarters. 
And around you, as you kind of peer around to your left and your right, you see bandits drinking. They're not really paying attention. They're looking over the balconies, not looking to where you are. And that's where the um, ladder leads. Derf, Derf scampers out, sort of like, you know, he's sitting on her shoulder and he kind of pops out the um, the hole and hops over to the side. Okay. Remaining in the dark. All right. How many, how many are nearby? Uh, near you, I'd say there are three, maybe two on your right side, at least about 20 feet away from you and one on the left. How far and away? And the one on the left is puking over the side. Oh, beautiful. How far away is the door from where we are now? Six feet. No more than six feet. No one, uh, clearly no one between me and there. All right, I'm gonna... Right. And it's, and it's just the word, right, that we need to say it's not the voice, so it doesn't matter. We don't need me to mimic, right? That's what you, uh, think. Okay. I've got an idea. <laughs> cool. Your name's okay. Skurf, right? Uh, do not fuck it. I'm just going to call you Moonbeam. Um, can you carry a bag of ball bearings? A what now? Can you carry a bag of ball bearings? And she pulls out like- A bag of ball bearings? From somewhere within her braid, she pulls out this bag, this small bag of ball bearings. <laughs> okay. Right, so plan sure. is just fly over and drop these ball bearings somewhere down the other end of the ship, and that will give us a bit of a distraction. Durf, okay. Durf, Durf grabs the ball bearings, the bag of ball bearings, and flies up over the ship. And he goes towards the bow, kind of like two thirds of the way away from the door. <laughs> um, and so first, let's just say he drops the he drops the bag so that the the ball bearings will fall all over the place and make a loud sound. <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh, and the fall. Okay, yeah. So you drop these ball bearings, and do, 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 they they clank down on the deck, and some fall through the cracks. And all the um, bandits, except the guy who's puking over the side, turn to look and rush over to that side of the ship to investigate what just happened. And you see some of them going through doors to like go down to the to the second level, and they're all kind of um, investigating that area. Uh, I gesture for my other companion to quickly climb up the ladder, and then I'm going to go to the door, and it's going to be like, "Please." Well, the, okay, so you're you're opening the door to the uh, cap captain's quarters. Hold, but, so Carl, Carl gets up the ladder as she's approaching the door, and before she can say anything, I'm going to run over to the drunk guy who's throwing up over the side and try and dump him over the side. Okay, give me a strength check. <laughs> I hope you roll a one. It is not a one, sir. It is a 17. 17. Yeah, you you shove him over, <laughs> and he's like, Ooh, and he just, uh, splat. Perfect. All right, so you guys, uh, you approach the... Um, the captain's quarters door. Are you going to open it? Uh, I want to check it or... first. Okay. I want to make check sure it's it not for... like trapped. <laughs> oh yeah, give me a give me a arcana check. Ah oh, shoot. Six. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> Sweet, I'll open the door. Like I assume there's nothing there. <laughs> All right, so you push open this door. Nothing happens. Um, you step inside as you swing open this door without a care in the world, and you see this lavish and respectable place, more so than any part of your ship that any of your other companions have seen yet. And you see this tall woman in clean leather stands at the side with two rapiers at a hip, and she's feeding a cracker to a green parrot that sits on its perch. Behind her, though, you see this sturdy wall, this reinforced wall where a door stands handleless and plain except for a large human mouth carved into its wood, frowning. 
And she turns to you because you just opened this door willy-nilly. And she says, Who the hell are you? And she grabs her rapiers with both hands. Um someone you've been waiting for your entire life. My name is Crescent, and I am going to make your nights incredible. Oh. oh. <laughs> Um, context context right <laughs> give me a uh, wait yeah wait uh, give me a a confusing check yeah, give me <laughs> a DM, confused dm check i guess persuasion give me a persuasion check roll at a disadvantage oh come on please <laughs> all right i'll take it uh well persuasion i don't have a lot of charisma so this is gonna go down well uh i rolled a 14 and a 15 so 16 16. Yes. All right, give me, let me roll something. <laughs> let me, uh, let me find out how to respond to this. <laughs> yeah, I rolled a 19, so plus whatever. Okay, so she, uh, she takes her rapiers out and she starts swinging them around in her hands and she says, sorry, love, I don't swing that way. And she rushes you. Roll initiative. All right. 15 for Carl. Okay. 17. Derek, why don't you roll two, even though you're not kind of there, but you can come in next round. Well, so, well, I'll just roll. Yeah. Uh, that is a 21. Oh, okay. Dear what God. You, Damn, what do you want to do, Durf? <laughs> You're first. Uh, well, so, let me think about this, because Durf would like to keep everybody else, the 12 guys on deck, from going back over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Aren't there only two Via guys on deck? 11. No, there's like a shit ton. There of are them. several. Yeah, there are several. Okay. Less one. <laughs> so, can I land somewhere like up in the? I don't. I don't know what the mast Rigging. where they will and where I can detransform and no one will see me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I do that, and then what am I gonna do? I just had this image of you. Mowing it where you get up to the rafters and then you turn into an elk so that you fall down and crush everybody <laughs> underneath you. Um, I want to summon, let's see, so I can do eight at, challenge, at level three. So I'm going to do a level four conjure animals and summon 16. <laughs> what am I going to summon 16? Honey badges. <laughs> <laughs> 16, 16 giant wolf spiders amongst oh. the um, amongst the the people. Spook That's the, amazing. The, the various bandits. All right, so you lift your hands up, and all of a sudden, these wolf, these giant spiders start crawling down from the broken mass and the sails, and they they create a line, basically like a wall across the ship, and start approaching the bandits, and they all turn around and scream, and they shake their boots, and they're lifting up their swords, and they get ready to charge. Crescent, you're up. Uh, I pull out a rapier in one hand, and I, uh, <laughs> I flick one. I, I put like one leg up into where my uh, my braid is. I'm gonna pull out a dagger. I'm gonna keep that in the foot that has the um, uh, that has the tattoo on it. And right. I pull out the rapier and I was like, "Well, if you don't swing this way, maybe you prefer Ralph." And I'm gonna stab her with my rapier. Nice. Okay, as you like reach your dagger down and you you show off your ankle where and your foot where the tattoo is. You see her look down and see it. Oh. You see her notice that that's, that symbol. In that case, can I do my bonus offhand action first and kick her in the face? 
yes. with my dagger. That's my offhand. It's not proficient. <laughs> it's just... <Yes. laughs> I didn't want the Absolutely. offhand to be an offhand. I just wanted to use my feet to kick someone with a dagger because I think it would be rad. Are you doing this to like injure her or try to knock her out? Uh, I want to injure her first so she can get a better look at the tattoo. So okay, as in nice. foot to right. face so she can't miss the tattoo and then I want to try Perfect. and knock her out. So this one right, will be to do damage. Uh, a 25 to hit. That will hit, yeah. Yep. And it's just a d4 because it's offhand first, my bonus. Uh, three. Boot in the face. Boot in the right. face. Yeah, you <laughs> stick this this boot just straight across her, her cheek and it opens a big gash that starts to trickle blood down her cheek as she kind of staggers back a little bit. Um, she's got a clear look at the symbol of your foot now. Carl, you're up. Bonus? This is, yeah, that's oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I did my bonus first because I wanted to hurt her with gotcha. the foot and then yeah. I now want to stab her with uh, with Ralph, which is my rapier. Okay, perfect. Ralph. Oh, it was Dave in my foot, by the way. That was the dagger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Roll it. Uh, this was less effective, so that was 11. <laughs> um, that does not hit. So as you, like, lash out with Ralph, she quickly uh, gets back to her feet and with one of her rapiers just kind of, like, blocks the blow and holds your sword there in, in midair as they clash. Awesome. Carl. And she, we're in a, like, small space, so I can move and attack. Yeah. Correct mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, seeing that Crescent kind of has her engaged, I'm going to pull out Sora's Bane and charge in um, and try and hit her with kind of a, an, an attack going for like the midsection, trying to avoid hitting Crescent. Okay. Wow. That's an eight. That will miss. <laughs> second, second attack. Okay. But as she holds one rapier up, blocking Crescent, she looks like quite the efficient fighter. Her left rapier comes out and blocks your approach and, and holds the other sword. So she's basically holding both hands out um, against both of your blades as they are swung forward. Uh, the second one is a 23 to hit. Okay, that'll hit. Uh, so she, seeing as she blocked my first one, I kind of reverse pivot and like backhand Sora's Bane into her midsection. And I will use uh, my Sora's Bane ability for a level 3 Divine Smite. Okay, nice. nice. 68 plus 5. Shit. 28 damage. 28 damage. Okay, yeah, you slash real hard um, right across her midsection. It opens up a gash through her leathers. You can start seeing, like, blood kind of seep through her clothes. Um, And she's not looking great. Durf. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's her turn now. And she's going to take both of her rapiers and kind of, like, um, swing her arms wide and come across with both strikes at the same time, just kind of flicking her wrist across. So towards Crescent, she rolls a 14. Fail. And... To Carl rolls another 14, so she misses. So you guys are right there with your swords, you know, blocking her blows with a clang clang as these swords are kind of uh, banging against each other. Durf, you're up. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is, which I should have done my last turn, I'm going to drop right in the middle of the deck my hawk totem. Okay. Uh, the hawk spirit allows me to give. Uh, to grant advantage to any attack roll for anyone within the aura of the Hawk Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I assume will encompass the entire ship, Yeah. right? Yep. Okay. Um, I didn't roll... I assume they're a swarm. I didn't roll initiative for my don't, spiders. Don't even worry about it. We'll make this a little bit more cinematic. Okay. <laughs> um, 
All right. Well, uh, just give me a give me an overall attack roll for your spiders. Just one, and just to see how they're defending against. Kind of like pushing uh, against the front. Can lines. I grant them advantage? Yeah. I'm gonna grant them advantage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this how we do things? Oh, cool. Oh, oh yes. On you mean a tavern? It is. <laughs> 10 plus 3, so 13. 13 against the bandits. Okay, um, let's see how they do against you. Uh, 14. So the spiders push forward, and you see some bandits fall, but then other bandits are pushing forward, and more spiders go down. You lose four in the battle as they are just clashing these spiders and these bandits at the top of the ship. It's quite the epic battle going on. Uh, Crescent, you're up. How far away is this? I have two ideas, but I'm going to give the dumber one first. So, how far away is this cage with a parrot in it? Uh, the parrot's just on the perch, just squawking wildly. It's maybe like five feet off to the right. And you said she was feeding it when we turned up. Correct. Yep. Cool. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm going to do the smart thing first. However, um, I'm going to I'm going to give her another good slash with uh with Ralph here. I want to I want to try and do the knocky out thing. All right. Um. So yeah, I'm going to uh. As she's like gone to swing, like and missed us both, I basically just want to almost flip the uh, the rapier around and punch her in the face with it. Um. All right, nice. So, uh, give me. Are you doing this to? Now, are you? I'm I'm trying to get the feel for. Are you trying to like kill this girl, or are you trying to knock her? I'm out? trying to knock her out because if I kill her, she can't tell anyone we were here. Okay, she's in really bad shape. So give me um, give me a attack roll. And just tell me tell me the damage. Twenty six to hit. That'll hit. That'll hit. Sweet. Um, hmm. Screw it. Uh, I'm also going to do sneak attack because I haven't done it yet and I'm a rogue and I've never played a rogue so I need to do it at least once. Ooh, that was bad. <laughs> Alright, so the rapier itself did seven damage. Okay. And the, the, the stabby things uh, was 20. 20? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sneaky okay, sneak. that brings her down to zero. So tell me how you knock her out. Um, I'm I'm I just, as I said, I'm just gonna flip it around, and I look like I'm gonna punch her out with it, and then I just use my other fist to knock her out. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And this fist collides straight through her nose, and she goes cross-eyed and collapses down uh, to the ground. And let's get out of initiative. We'll just say, Durf. You are holding the fork down. The bandits are highly distracted with this army of spiders that they're battling against. Um, and you two are free to do what you will in the in the captain's quarters. Right. You try and break in there and grab what you want. And uh, I'm going to try and teach this parrot to say that weird place, the, the guild, whatever it is, Zena, Zentrum. Zentarum. Zentarum. Zentarum, thank you. That's just me nice. forgetting how to pronounce it. Um, Perfect. Zentarum. I'm going to try and make the parrot speak, use the word Zentarum, and try and teach it so it's got even more backup that we were here doing that. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, Carl, what do you do? Yeah, I'm going to um, approach the door and see if there's a way to open it. Cletus. By saying Cletus. <laughs> <laughs> what hell would you do without me? <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, I'm, that, I'm not used to breaking into things. Gonna pat him like very condescendingly on the head. <laughs> as soon as you utter the word Cletus, you hear the parrot speak up, and it says Cletus, Cletus. And the door that was once a frown, the carving magically forms and spins around into a smile, and it creaks open. And what you see inside, you see the walls that are surprisingly bare. There's metal walls all the way around. There's a few scattering of gold coins, not many. 
but it appears as if this casino is highly underfunded. The, o- the only thing you notice is an empty golden cage sitting atop a pedestal in the center of the room. And in the corner of the room, there's a small box engraved with symbols of birds, wind, and flame on its sides. I want to use di- my divine sensibility on the cage. Okay, so you um, you hear, as you approach the cage, you hear these noises, these loud noises of danger. Just like you hear growling and, and monsters screaming into your ears as you, you sense the aura around this thing. <laughs> Give me an arcana check. 14. 14? Okay, uh, you get the sense that it's not actually the cage that is um, causing this, these noises. Maybe it's what's inside. Uh, I'm going to dart over to the corner and grab the box with the engravings on it. Mm-hmm. And then on my way out of the room, I'm going to grab the cage. Okay. Um, you grab the box and are you going to open it or are you just leaving it? I'm just going to take the box with me. Okay. I'm not going right. to open it or anything. You snag the box and you rush out and you grab the cage and as you grab the cage, you're going to take 42 points of poison damage. I'm in, okay. I'm immune to poison. Um, you oh, want to write shit. down that? No. Wait, did I say? I said poison damage. Okay, you're you don't. Um, so you grab this cage, <laughs> and all of a sudden, no, that's fine. That's fine. You grab this cage, and all of a sudden, you feel this immense heat and a sting that pierces through your palm immediately. This it almost seems like something just bit you, and it doesn't do any lasting damage to you, but you can tell its potency could kill a lesser man oh yeah okay <laughs> and you escape uh you escape with the cage and you leave the captain's quarters and can can, can i take the can i take the parrot can you take the parrot? i've changed my mind yeah. i think i've, I've fallen Fuck in love it. with this parrot <laughs> i think i want it perfect you well, steal if, the if parrot we're, if we're taking the parrot on our way i stop by uh what i'm assuming is captain what's her name on the way Dusty. out and i uh i I lick my tattoo and I slap it on her face, <laughs> and then keep on keep on heading out. All right, perfect. All right, so you uh, you rush out of uh, Captain Dusty's with the cage and with this strange magical box and the green parrot, and you guys rush out and you, at the upper deck and you see this battle ensuing before you with the spiders and the bandits. So Durf jumps down from the mast and. Um, as he is falling, his, um, what you call it, Staff of Beasts starts glowing, which allows him to upgrade his Wild Shape CR once a day, and he transforms into a Quetzalcoatlus, which is a giant pterosaur uh, with a 30-foot wingspan, and he lands right in front of them and leans his head down for the, the guys with the loot to hop on his back. So we can make our escape. Holy crap, it's a dawn. Oh, wait, it's your mate. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you guys running onto this? Uh... Yeah, Carl Carl is not impressed. He's seen this trick before. <laughs> I am. So I have to say, I quite like Moonbeam. He's lovely. I like him. <laughs> All right, you, ra- you race onto this dinosaur who soars off to the night. And Tug and Jingle Jangle, you are amidst a brawl, an all-out <laughs> brawl on the bottom floor you have caused so much ruckus bandits are leaping from the second uh second floor balconies to kind of break up these people everyone is involved as women children uh adults bartenders 
even the the musicians are like slinging their instruments at at, at patrons that are rushing the stage. What do you do? Uh, um, can I have used the stone to let them know that things aren't okay yes. and they should set fire to Absolutely. everything? Uh, I am going to look to uh, to Tug and I'm going to make the sound of a portal opening and I'm going to cast Dimension Door and get the hell out of there. So <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Uh, so as the portal opens up, Tug quickly licks the licks the, his temporary tattoo and puts it on his right fist and kind of grabs the nearest uh, thug, yes, um, the nearest thug that's around, and kind of shows him his fist <clears throat> and just mumbles "Zentarum, bitch," and then just <laughs> hay, just haymakers him and knocks him out uh, and just just skips through the portal. Perfect. All right, you guys zap through the portal as it shuts, uh, leaving this whole ship in disarray with spiders on the upper deck and an all-out brawl on the bottom, and you vanish and rush to the meeting point that the woman mentioned to you uh, where you exchange what you needed, and she promises you wealth and amazing treasure in the very near future. And scene. We close. Aww. So am I now officially the best burglar in the group because I've actually stolen something? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Is that how that works? Uh, absolutely not, 0%. All right. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. We had, uh, I had a really great time DMing for this group. You guys were a ton of fun. Um, thanks for playing with us, Ivan and Volanda. We had, we love to have you. Let's do just a quick sign-off. Uh, if you want to hear more of the three guys, Tug, Turf, Carl, and me as the Dungeon Master, you can check out You Meet in a Tavern podcast uh, where all podcasts podcasts are found you can also follow us on twitter at ymia tavern um that's ymia tavern not ymia tavern and you can find us on twitter facebook instagram all those great places at that same handle so we hope you'll join us for our normal campaign every that uh, releases every two weeks um Ivan, you want to tell us where everyone can find you? Yeah, I'm on the internet at Hydra underscore Lord. Uh, it's pretty much uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can check out some of my shows on ProjectAlpha.com or Geek and Sundry, where I like to tell spooky stories and scare the crap out of my friends. Good deal. All right. Volanda? Uh, you can find me on the Lucky Die podcast, where I am the DM for a crazy homebrew apocalyptic world. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TLDpod. Thank you so much for having us. I regret everything and nothing. <laughs> All at the same time. Oh, yeah. I'm going to work on that half-orc routine bit a little more. Yeah, you absolutely so. oh, yes. <laughs> We'd love to hear it in its, in its final form. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus content the entire online show. all right well thank you everybody for listening be sure to check out all the other episodes in the podcast of Waterdeep. enjoy the rest of your week see you later bye bye